one man, two interviewers, three hot to handle. This week on Stone Hall Sessions, we go behind the scenes with the artist known as November. Everything you've ever known will change or something. I don't know. I'm always and I've always been weird though because like and I, I was having last time I was here I was talking to my mom about this where I was just like I'm 21 but there are so many times in my life where because I've been through I've gone through a lot of weird things in like my, my teenage years so like I just feel older a lot of the time and that's one of the reasons I forget I'm 21 yeah. but also just like yeah I'm not, I'm not, I've always been not always but for a long time I've just been so like I'm very comfortable with myself I'm yeah. very like I see my flaws. I see my best points. I have no, I have zero issue like making fun of myself. I roast myself on the social medias all the fucking time. Like, it's, it's like, it's weird, but like insulting yourself is like a self confidence thing in a way. So I'm not, at a certain degree of it, you know, I don't shit on myself daily and like look in the mirror. And I'm yeah, like, of course. I'm like, oh, girl, you should die. But you have to find, <laughs> you, you have to find humor in your own life at the same time. Yeah, right? but like, you know, yeah, this, that same time where, 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 like, yeah, exactly. You have to find humor. Have you, you guys, have you ever watched SpongeBob? Yes. Yeah, yeah of course. <laughs> Do you remember that one episode with, where um with Kevin the sea pickle that has the crown and the glasses and like the pot he's a jellyfisher yeah do you I don't know if you remember at a certain point he like tricks SpongeBob and he, and Kevin gets like stung by the king jellyfish yes and afterwards <laughs> afterwards afterwards Kevin and this is the thing there was I found like I was on Twitter or whatever right and I saw this picture and it was Kevin right after he gets stung and you know how Kevin has the glasses but he and he has like the little crown. And his his like his lips were stung, so they were really big. And I like saved it, and I and like I posted it later, and I was just like, you know, <laughs> my guest starring role on SpongeBob. Never, I never got an Emmy for it. I never got an Emmy for it, but I've, something along the lines of like later on, I completely saw what it was for, and like again, this is. This is, it's a self-drag. I'm, I'm, you know, you're going down on yourself, but at the same time, when I saw that picture, I was just like, oh, wow, this is, is kind of me. <laughs> like, the glasses, the lips, okay. <laughs> so I'll just save it. go a little bit more into what it's like going down on yourself, as you said. It's, it's like, again, it's, I feel, right now I'm at this point where, like, I completely... Not completely, because I think there's always work to be done on yourself. But I'm at this point where I I accept myself and I accept the parts of myself, like physical and others. And yeah, I'm working on shit. Yeah, I'm trying to be a better person. I'm trying to grow. I'm trying to, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a spiritual person. I really do want to grow and evolve and become a, full, a more fully fledged human being. But, you know, at the same time, again, like I can appreciate and laugh the parts of myself uh, parts of myself the same way that the same way that like i can post a a certain picture of myself and be like oh god look like you know my forehead which is already very wide set looked really huge here (laughs) come and plant your crops on this huge acre of like land you want to grow some corn guys because my forehead's out but like do i think i'm the most hideous person in the world no do i obviously recognize that I have a wider set forehead than the norm. Yeah, sure. Why not? Why does that? I think, again, to a degree and to being in a certain mindset, I can make fun of myself without it necessarily being this lack of self-confidence. For me, it's more like I'm so okay with myself that I can laugh at my own shit. And it's fine. Whatever. Who cares? Now, are you okay with people laughing at you or laughing with you on your music? On my music? Because that's at a certain point, And with your with your stuff, it is. It may not be confessional, but it, you are talking about a lot of different emotions on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you okay with someone taking that sort of lighter or like with a grain of salt? Whereas you put a... I don't know what the opposite of a grain of salt is like a pound of like a whole a whole, pound of salt, MSG on it. Rocks. Yeah. <laughs> the salt common rocks. Um, 
Honestly, I don't know yet. I want to think, you know, being like a person and being like, I can handle anything. Excuse me. That someone could say something about it. Because I, I do feel... Without, without again tooting my own horn, I always try to, I always try to see things in a mindset of, okay, at a certain point, a lot of people will be paying attention to this. So how will I react when there's a, like a bigger audience? And in the same, like, I don't, I completely accept and can respect that some people will listen to my shit and be like, I don't like this, or his voice is too deep, or there's too much vibrato, or. Or, you know, did he just say he? Yeah. Like, I can respect that some people will listen to this and it won't be their thing. Because I, there, there, are some, there are some things that I will hear and I'm just like, okay, I can appreciate the value of it, but this, ain't, this is not, this ain't my shit. Yeah. Like, I, I don't Not my this. cup of tea. I don't know if I could take someone like, and it will happen at some point, or it has already happened, someone like going in and ripping on my shit. Maybe at a certain point I'd be like, okay, can you fuck off? But I, again, like, I, the most, I think I think it's very important that when you, like, make music, you fuck with it a lot. Yeah. Like, I have my own shit on my iPod, and I bump it all the fucking time. And I'm just like, this is great. So <laughs> I like it. If you don't, that's totally your thing. Cool. I hope you enjoy whatever you're listening to, you know? But... November's cool to me. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's something interesting just in a broader sort of spectrum is uh, 2015 to a certain extent and 2016, hopefully we, a lot of different people are, we're, we're getting more and more away from, I hope the sort of Max Martin pop. Like there are a lot of different people. You define yourself as avant pop, right? Alter- I, alternative pop. I blanket it as alternative pop. Okay. Yeah. But there are there are so many people who are doing things that are getting popular these days that aren't traditional pop music. Yes. And I won't ask you to comment on that because that's a shitty question to ask one artist about an entire genre of things. But uh, I think where what what sort of things do you look to add to your music that isn't in traditional pop that you sort of that you enjoy? Because uh, there's a lot of different elements to it, and we're going to dive pretty deep into a lot of different I'm things. I'm so excited. Um, <laughs> Did you guys like, listen to my whole song? <laughs> it, like, it, Cards on the Table. I've, I have listened to the whole uh, mixtape preview, I guess. What are we calling this these days? Um, the way that it happened, the way that it's happening is that the full mixtape will come out super soon and like i'm i when i when i like you've been saying that for 10 months i've been saying that for a (laughs) long time to drop in january (laughs) i've been saying that since i think november of 2014 no 2015 2014 right shit so it's gotta be (laughs) and again the thing i'm sorry first your question can you remind me of it i'm so sorry you said how do i feel about things Things that aren't necessarily traditional pop. Getting oh no, popular. no, no! I don't care like how you feel about different things. What sort of elements do you add to your music that normally, oh, yeah, that sort of are because you do have a very unique sound. We're going to delve into it again mm-hmm. pretty deep. Uh, but what are things that you consciously? You spoke earlier about having sort of a musical theater background. I just my sound in general. When I blanket it as as alternative pop, the only reason I've always said it's alternative pop is because. I've never been one of those people that, like, pretends to be too cool for anything, you know? I'm not going to be one of those people that sits here and is just like, I don't use social media because I don't understand how it works. I'm on all the social medias. I don't use them daily. I I personally, like, don't, like, like, I'll go on Instagram, post something, and, like, jump out. You know, I don't don't stay on them all day, but I'm not going to pretend I'm too cool for them. And the same way that I... Like, I grew up listening to a lot of... Because I have a lot of older cousins, and we all lived across the street from each other. So, like, I grew up... I'm an only child, but I basically grew up with siblings. So I grew up a lot of around a lot of early, like, early to late um, 90s R&B and hip-hop, and then, like, early to late, earlier 2000s hip-hop and stuff. And then, you know, as I expanded, I started listening to everything, and whatever I liked, I liked. 
And all this to say that I don't shy away from the fact that all my songs, the way that I write them mostly, is in a pop song structure. And that's the reason, that's the only real reason I call them, I call it alternative pop, because it's like, I go, you know, verse, pre-chorus, chorus, chorus, verse, pre-chorus, chorus, chorus, bridge, chorus, end. And because of that, I'm like, well, I have to call it pop or else people will be like, no, this is this. <laughs> but this is contemporary. You know, whatever. so if we could just hold off on the impressions of me until after the podcast is done, that'd be great. <laughs> so, like, okay. but what, I, what I feel like I add, um, you know, there is what you said. I, at the end of the day, I am a trained vocalist and I feel like that does add a different dimension to it. My lyrics a lot of the times what you'll hear, and this is like, this is because there are different levels, you know, with every genre, but there are different levels of pop. A lot of the times what you'll hear in top 40 music is that they'll try and make it very general so that it applies to everyone, so that it's universal, so that it gets played as this whole machine. You all know about it. But like, I I don't make my things very, I don't write generally. I write, as most people do, about my experience and myself, you know, in hopes that, it applies to certain people, but the fact that I make it a little more personal is a certain thing. The way that I produce and make the sounds of things is also like a big factor to why it's to why I feel like when you go on like my SoundCloud or you listen to a November track, it it's it's a little different. Because even I have this one song and it's one of my when I say that, like, I love this song, I listen to it all the time. It's one of my own. Sounds so, like, on my own ass. But um, Southampton Cure, which is, like, one of the, my most favorite things that I've ever done. And even then, it's constructed like a pop song, lyrically, and, like, in terms of that. But the way that it sounds and, like, the heavy use of samples. Yeah, I was going to say there's a lot of samples a lot. Song, I like to sure. layer my shit. The car alarm going off. Yeah, and, you know, like. Yeah. The metallic sounds, a lot of the times with Pop 2, um, they'll strip out um, vibrato and they'll strip out vocalization because they want to make it a very flat vocal. I don't really do that. Um, my voice is a little deeper <laughs> when I sing than, than other people, which is something I used to hate when I started musical theater. Now I'm just like really fucking into it. I think your voice is perfect for this, like the music you're producing, man. It's fucking spot on. I love it now. Like what I love my voice now, but I, yeah, I just feel like those elements, the fact that, you know, the samples, the lyricism, my voice, there are many factors to it, but I like to think at this point that I've like, I'm, I'm, I'm differentiated in a way that I have like an, like you can, there, there's something different. Hopefully, you'll hear it a little bit more when, like, the mixtape drops. And it For, like, will. another 10 when. months from now? <laughs> <laughs> it, it'll be out before summer. Um, so I think one of the things that originally drew me uh, to your music is, you do say it is different, and we're going to try and discern what that is so that we can bottle it and sell it to other people uh, by the end of this podcast. But... Uh, <laughs> It's not the reaction I was expecting, um, but it, it, it there are, oh, fuck, there are sort of there are peaks and there are huge valleys to your music. There, you you make um, a lot of use of reverb and a lot of use of space, <laughs> God. but in a great way. In a great way, you don't do it in a way that sort of. I don't know how to sing, so if I put enough reflections on my voice, it'll, it'll sound, sound good. Like I know, wait, wait uh, because. Sorry. I'm gonna parentheses what you're saying just by saying like you know how you know how like Facebook memes and shit. I have because like I said, I went to art school, so I have a lot of friends that were in music programs that are producers. And I saw this one post that my friend made where it was just like one of those like little memes, and it was just like, "I see you're adding reverb to your track to your drums. Do you know that is like not the 1980s?" <laughs> and like I literally commented like, "I feel personally victimized because I lo- like you know." But sorry, go on because I do I do I love reverbs. So but you use it in a way that uh i mean reverb i think has a bad name in a lot of production circles it doesn't have a bad name in a lot of production circles but reverb can be the saving grace to 
a track if someone's not singing properly, if something just doesn't sound big enough. Yeah. But you use it very purposefully to sort of create um, texture. Texture, like uh, moments in your track. Like you, it's not very, you're saying that you don't like sort of uh, how uniform all pop music sounds. Um, and it's true because everybody has sort of been melodyned into just sounding like car horns at this point. Um, and the vibrato on your stuff is great. But um, just in terms of you create dynamics while still keeping, I know some of your tracks, you've got side chain compression swells on a lot of things. Like you're, you're swelling up and it's swelling up and swelling up. But then all of a sudden you'll just let that break and you'll like, you just use reverb in such a, such a nice way. And I wish people at home could see the fact that I'm sort of orchestrating. Yeah, you're doing like orchestra hands, like conductor hands. Sorry, I should say yeah. That's but how did how did you how did you come across this? Um, it's almost like an icy sort of production style. It's cold. It's metallic. Yeah, I I say that the mixtape one of the like buzzwords I guess you could say for the sound is metallic, and that's like perp. It's 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 like intentional. I intentionally tried to go for that. You know what I heard the other day, which I think fits yours. Someone said they describe music as gunmetal. And like, Ooh. I don't know what that means, but like, I would say your stuff is gunmetal. <laughs> Not gunmetal as a color, actually. You want to know something yeah, else? Yeah, it's like a metallic color. Is that I always like to like equate music to colors. I'm not. I don't have um synesthesia. That's not. But I I like to like think like you know like just to just to help with references and stuff. Yeah. And I do like gray is gray silver is one of the colors. That I have going for fame and fear and gunmetal is actually a, a really that's actually that's like a better reference word for it. I like that one better. It's nice. It, it is, it, but it, I I think it, it 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 suits the music perfectly. Like it's very it's cold and it's ominous and like a lot of the times when you're when you're singing on it, you, you're you're saying you're saying things almost omnipotently. Like you you are some you are so sure of yourself you're some sort of god and you're just passing judgment on somebody else i i think it's terrific um but uh, how did how did you come across this a uh, sort of style like this um listening to the first ep on your soundcloud mm. different sort of style mm. that was like that was i i love I will never shit if it's still up on in the public. I will never shit on anything that I have because clearly I didn't put it on private or delete it. I always I keep the older stuff up because I want people to hear like the progression and the mm-hmm. difference. Um, the the shift came from Polaroid. Polaroid came um more so like that was my first time putting out like a body of work. It was my first time. I didn't really have, like, they always say, like, the sound or your sound. I didn't really have one then. But the first track on Polaroid is called um, Luxuria. And it's this weird, it's this, like, really, it's very, it's very sexual. It's very aggressively sexual. And it's funny, or not funny, or troubling, you can use curse words. This is an explicit podcast. I mean, like, I don't fucking care. I would, you know. But like, it's 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 cool in the sense that I always think it's funny with Luxuria, just because the first verse of it I wrote literally while in class in high school. Once I remember the day that I wrote it, I was in eleventh grade. <laughs> but the when I actually sat down because I was just like, I want to put out like a a. a you know, an EP or a body of work. And the only thing, the only thing I regret with Luxuria is that the cover art of it, I was like, I should have used that for something else later on. But um, the sound came about, sorry, I sidetrack a lot. ADD. The soundtrack, the sound came about when I started making, when I started making Luxuria and I was like, okay, I'm, that was like my first time really like producing a November track. And I was like playing around and I always say that like producing a song is this weird, almost out of body experience because you're there and you're doing things. But, but like when you listen to it back to it later, you're just like, like, did I, when did I, how did it, it's, it's out of body in a weird way. And by the time that Luxuria was more or less constructed, it sounded 
very metallic and very like German sex club. Um, I had distorted the vocals. So it sounded like it was coming out of an amp. And I always say like, I don't, Right now, you know, I do have, like, elements in my sound, but I don't think I have, like, a set specific, this is the style that I will always do. And when I listened to it back, I was just like, no, I like this. Like, again, if I don't fucking like it, no one will hear it. Yeah. Obviously, you know? So, like, when I listened to it back, I was like, no, this is fucking cool. And this is very, again, like you said, metallic, gunmetal, cold. Yeah. And everything post polaroid sort of went from there where i was like i want like this is my taste and that like i said that was the first time that i was like this is a november song this is the fucking shit that i like this is along the lines of what i want to be doing and that's what led you into fame and fear that's what led me into other yeah other things other yeah (laughs) it's tough to say it led him into fame and fear when that's also the name of his well, that's what I meant. It's an EP. I hate that you guys called me drop. out. <laughs> no, you, want to know something, you want to know something really funny? Because he does say, like, on the playlist, that's his favorite fear. It says 10 months. And as soon as I drop it, I'm going to delete that playlist and, like, make a new playlist. So it says, you know, you know, obviously something new. But I never, you never feel, I always like to think that, like, no one's really paying attention to, the, to my things. So the fact that you guys were just like, oh, yeah, 10 months ago, I was just like, fuck. Well, that's, that's all we got to go on. Like, this is. <laughs> We wanted to have you on because, like, your sound is fantastic. and Thank you. uh, It's also not of Ottawa in that it's not a folk song or a DIY (laughs) punk band. Um, (laughs) So (laughs) we were sort of uh, chomping at the bit uh, to to get you on here. Uh, Even though you don't have an official release out, I would say. Yeah. You could technically say, yeah. Yeah. Fame and Fear is coming soon. I promise <laughs> it should be out. Before summer. Before summer. Before <laughs> summer. Every time I say a date, if you guys ask me about it, I'll tell you about it. But basically, I I, I changed my mind a lot. I recorded and wrote a, like my notebook is somewhere in one of these bags, actually, because I write all my songs by hand. Weird, weird, like, tendency. But I wrote a lot of songs for Fame and Fear. I recorded a lot of demos for it. And it's just the fact, the only reason why it's so delayed and it's so late is because every time I think it's done, I'm like, okay. I'm like, then then I'll then I'll listen to an album. It's always like I'll listen to an album or a song where I'm just like, this sound is cool, or this this these this style of lyric is cool. I could try to incorporate this, you know. Now I've learned that. I should stop doing that because if I just keep doing that, it'll be an endless thing where I never put this this body of work. You just out. have pages and pages of I'll just have pages and pages and songs and like right now with a bunch of shit behind like it. saved on my fucking Logic Pro that I never put out. So, where did you start learning your production chops? Because they are uh, great. Honestly, I mean, except for whatever you do with the guitars, which are terrible. <laughs> um, but <laughs> wait, which song specifically? Um, it wasn't a specific song. It was just once in a while they'll they'll come in a guitar and it just sounds so isolated from the rest of the track uh-huh. in a way. Okay. It almost sounds like it doesn't have the same dynamics as everything else that's going on. Um but that's just me and I have a very No, that's technical perfect. Like I said, it's valid. Ear. I'm actually very I'm happy because that question you asked me earlier about what I would happen if someone criticized me. I'm not like hurt by this. I'm just like, oh, okay, like that's something to consider. Yeah. And I, I that's coming from someone who I, I really enjoy what you're doing, and I'm super excited about what you're going to do, which is rare for uh, me and people who are from Ottawa and also artists. Like, <laughs> It's true what you said in the sense that my sound is not Ottawa at all. Yeah, it's not at all. It's not at all. Not in the slightest. Furthest thing from it. And but uh, where did you... Cause, I started up Hyperprawn in and around Ottawa just to sort of bring up different uh, electronic artists and people are doing interesting things, but sort of aren't doing it in the DIY or mm-hmm. folk scene. Uh, where did you start doing? How did how did you start learning your craft? Um, honestly, and to anyone listening that you know 
not just the young kids or whatever, the young kids. I'm 21. I'm part of the young kids. But to anyone, really, the way that I started, the, the I never, like, set out to be a producer at all from the get-go. Um, when I started making music, like I said, it came out of listening to Demon Days and being like, this is, like, when I say that out, you, you know, we all have that one album that like changed it all when if you when you if you're a musician i feel yeah and demon days was that for me and originally i was just like okay i want to be a singer and i don't know what aspect of my character it is but i i I don't especially when it comes to art i don't want to do things i never wanted to do things if i wasn't good at it so i was just like okay i want to be a singer hey mom can you sign me up for vocal training when did that happen I was 11. Ooh. I was 11 or 12. Okay. Or actually, no, I was 11. All I was right. 11 when I started vocal training. And um, with writing, it was around the same time. I was like 12, 13. I started writing songs. I was like, if I, I I'm not going to. You're writing it. songs at 12 or 13? Yeah. But, you know, a lot of, they weren't, you know, they weren't. They're 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 definitely one hundred percent still at my mom's house right now, and the the first song I can tell you actually. Wait, are these recorded? Can we get them no, for the pod? Oh, no. <laughs> and and like it sucks too because I, which I I find out recently is not a thing. I'm one of those writers that when I write a song, I hear like every aspect of it, meaning you know most of the time the instruments I want to put in, all the time the melody. The, the earlier songs, pre-15, 16, I don't remember the melodies anymore. And I'm, it makes me very sad because I'm like, I can't even like sing this to myself anymore. I'd be so curious to hear what these songs were like when you wrote them in like 12, 13. Um, Compared to what you're doing nowadays. Like, they're very, they're very 12, the first very song, non-gun the first, metal, I'm sure. <laughs> one of the first songs, I think the second song, but we'll just call it the first song that I wrote. You know, for later reference, a little tidbit was called um, Kingdom Hearts. After the game. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> yes. So that's what I, I remember that. And again, like I, I did it until I finally I was at a place where I like, I like what I do for production. All this to say for production, I never, I, w- I never, when I was like listening to Demon, it was like, I'm going to be a producer. Yeah. That was never my goal. What ended up happening was, like I said, when I write things, I hear most of it, like most of it. And it was when I was writing things and being like, I really, this is so cool. Like, this track is so cool. It can sound so cool. Okay, let me try and find someone to produce it. And I kid you not, I think early 2014, my freshman year of college, before I made Only Alive, I was, like, on SoundCloud listening to, I would say, like, well over 200, 300, like, people and producers and things. And I would just listen to things. And I heard amazing people. I heard... I follow a bunch of them. Like, I was just like, oh, this is so cool. But nothing was ever what I wanted, like, in terms of my sound, until one day, like I said, I made Luxuria, and I was just like, oh, wait, I can do this myself. And production chops just sort of came from going from there. Like, I'm very DIY. Like, YouTube, YouTube and a good ear. But the thing is, yes, YouTube could help, but you really do need both. And I feel like when you, for production chops and shit, you really do have to have, like, a good ear. And that develops by listening to a lot of music. Not just what you fucking like. Not just, like, what comes on on the fucking radio. Not just what comes on on your blog. Not comes on, not comes on your Spotify Discover. Like, you have to, like, really listen and appreciate on some good-ass headphones. Not those... I'm not going to say anything because I just said that, like, I wanted the Apple endorsement, so I'm not going to speak <laughs> ill of them. Hey, Tim Cook, give a bitch some money. I need to pay rent. But <laughs> listen, to, like, listen to a lot. When you listen to a lot of different kinds of music on good headphones and you really pay attention to the layers of things, I feel like that pushes you and influences you as a producer. Bless you. Bless you so much. This is everything I've ever thought. And it's it's it, it's it's just so nice to hear it reflected in someone else. And for my first sort of like aha moment is equally as well, actually no. I, I feel like the gorillas are sort of 
or gorillas is sort of sanctified these days. They can, what's his face, can do no wrong. Damon Albarn. Damon. He was very mean to Adele, apparently. And I remember when I read that, I was so sad. Because I was just like, one day my dream would be not for myself, but like I would love to appear in like a gorillas album. And when Adele said that, I was just like, I hope that if one day I ever get to that point, he's not mean because I I need, like, for my own personal sanity, I need to appear in a gorilla's house. But think about how badly that session must have ended for him to be like, okay, for the press, I'll say that we just didn't actually have any chemistry. Like, that's nuts. Even Phil Collins, which uh, was slated to sort of, yeah, on on a Dell album, just said we couldn't get the timing right, which was probably code for... It, we didn't have anything in common. For him to say that, like, we just didn't gel and we probably don't like each other, that takes, like, an actual Something. friction in the studio that people aren't... And I'm sure they're both wonderful people. And I, I like I said, I one of my dreams would be to work with Damon Albarn and the Gorillas. They, he... Just the other day, I was, like, playing... Literally the other day, I was playing Demon Days again. And I was just like, this album is so well done. Like, never gets old. It never gets old. And I always, I always feel, you know, not to be one of those cheesy like males that makes music or pop music, but I'm sorry, that everyone. stereotype. No, but you know, I have to mention Michael Jackson. Do I feel you like, know? just to say that, like, I feel like every. And it can happen multiple times, of course. You know, it's not to say, because it did happen for him. But, like, everyone has their thriller. Like, their one... Like, everyone has a magnum opus. And you can have more than one, But I feel. Or maybe that goes against the definition. But Demon Days, for me personally, is, like, the Gorillas, Damon Albert, like, magnum opus. It is a perfect, perfect album from start to finish. Album. Not single. I feel... One of the reasons, one of the, like I said, one of the main biggest reasons why I've delayed, and I, I've done this many times with my releases, that, I, that I've delayed it coming out, it's not because it's necessarily not done. Like, the way that the way that I make music is that the song is always written first, you know? The song, the melody, it's done. It's always done. If I if I have the title for it and I've announced it or, like, whatever, it's, it's done. Yeah. But it's just the fact that like I said, I'll hear everything, and then a week later, or two weeks later, or a month later, an album will come out, or something will come out, or I'll listen to something, or I'll discover something where I'm just like, wait, this sound though, and that'll make me completely reconsider. And this is ne- it's 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 bad in a way because, like I said, eventually what time does is just build up an expectation, and that's not what I want to do, especially considering that fame and fear for me, fame and fear for me is not my first album. It's not anything like that. It's it's more like a catharsis. It's more like these are songs. A lot of the songs on it, or most of the themes on it, are things revolving around shit that came around, shit that happened to me pre like twenty years old. And some of the verses on it are shit that I wrote before I was twenty years old, like fifteen, fifteen to like now, where I'm just like, I just need to get this out. Yes, because I want music out, but also for me, so I can like artistically go to the fucking next thing. Because the weird, the bad part also, excuse me, with um, taking so long is that right now, literally, not as we speak, because I'm just sitting here, but like when I get, literally when I get home tonight, I'm going to go and um, start mixing new stuff on this, on one of the songs that we'll play on this podcast called Eden. And... As I'm working on Fame and Fear and as I'm finishing, finishing, it'll be out soon, Fame and Fear, I've already got sounds and themes in mind for what I'm doing next, which is dangerous in a way, but also good because I do, I always have this fear that like my creativity is like a well and eventually it'll dry up and I'll just be like done with everything. So every time I get like a new song idea, I'm like, oh, I'm not done yet. Okay, <laughs> great. Let's keep going. I can keep doing this for a little while. Bye, Haven Boy. 
think you'll reach a point <clears throat> excuse me do you think you'll reach a point when you're finishing up fame and fear which uh you did with polaroid and luxury when you hit did luxury you thought oh this is the sound i want to go for do you think you'll hit a point like that again when doing fame and fear you think oh I, this is where i want to continue from this album and go on to the next or- um yes i absolutely do and i think and and i'm gonna be a little dick um I've avoided calling Fame and Fear an album whenever I've ever spoken or mentioned it or, or posted about it on social media just because I feel like the term album co- like carries this whole connotation and expectation. And I always say, like, listen, I'm not at the point where, like, I'm not at the point where, like, these amazingly Grammy-nominated mixers and shit are mixing my shit, where these, like, Grammy-nominated people are mastering my shit. Like, don't... I feel like... I'll call something an album when I feel like it's an album, but for fame, but sorry, just to say with fame and fear, and I'm not, I'm sorry if that seemed very rude. Um, with fame and fear, I have already, and I, I know that I will be satisfied with it. Cause even the songs that I have out now that are on it, like I said, I, I listen to my music a lot before anyone else gets to hear it. And when I reach the point where like I, I I hit that little arrow on my iPod and it's just like replaying over and over, then I'm like, okay, other people can hear this. Because I'm so confident in it that I'm just like, you know, at the end of the day, I know it's beautiful and I love it. And I just have to assume that other people will too. And some will, some won't. But the, the you know, to sidetrack... To talk about the ever-elusive mixtape, Fame and Fear will have a, about 12 to 15 tracks. I say 12 to 15. No, I'm saying 12 to 15 only because, again, I know me and I changed my mind so many times. But right now, at this very moment, in my, like, iPhone notes, I have a 15-track sound, like, sound, 15-track, 15-track track list. Why don't we just call it the Life of November? 
And I think maybe 13 out of 15 are like fully written and I'm done with them and I'm not going to be doing rewrites on them. And so there's just a couple of years just like stuck on, I guess. Like it seems like you're just holding off on putting this out there when I am. it's ready to go. It's, it's, it's bad. And the thing is, that's the thing. It's been ready to go. There have been times where I've been just like, okay, it's ready. And then a little self-doubt will creep in and I won't click upload. But for the little tracks that are not done, it's 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 a weird it's a weird thing. I have the titles for them. I've started toying. I have the themes for them in my head. It's that it hasn't all necessarily translated. But I do know that when I'm done with Fame and Fear and when those like two two to three songs that I want to put on them. And the thing is too, the funny thing is that I think, th- yeah, they are. The three that I want to add on are all like what I consider interludes, like short little things to go between tracks. But I just want them to accurately represent what this mixtape represents to me, which is, like I said, a catharsis. It's it's, it's like me saying, it's this whole mixtape is me getting over everything that happened to me pre-20 years old in a way. In terms of like heartbreak and depression, and it shows in the lyrics as well, like for sure. <laughs> no, in a good way. I mean, I'm just saying, like, like I've been listening to this I'll mixtape for like the past week now, and just, yeah, you can hear this stuff. Like, it's absolutely as you're saying, it's like you've stuff had that a spike on plays in SoundCloud. It's because of the two of us. <laughs> I, I, I saw. I, I had a spike on plays. You know, I'm gonna like I said. Ever, anyways, I had a spike on plays. Yes. Based on you guys, and I appeared on a blog like two days ago randomly. No way. Some girl, some girl, Crystal Jacks, who posted about on Chart Attack about Megaphono, did that thing where, again, it wasn't like a personal write up on November. I was like part of like a comma list of people that played at, at Megaphono, but she posted like she embedded my, my track like only live. And in the last like two days, I've gotten like a huge spike and the whole time I was just like oh, that's awesome cool <laughs> okay. that's great man but yeah it'll be done soon I'm excited for it me too <laughs> it'll be cool let's talk about uh, vibrato on your tracks because mm-hmm. it is <laughs> uh. Let me let me make sure I'm getting yeah I'm getting through completely uh, here on this uh, because it's it's going to be something that is probably already already alienated people yeah um, I'll get criticized for it it'll be one of the things that people criticize me for I'm fully aware and I hate to make comparisons please because uh, every artist exists in their own bubble and they're all precious and we should love them all equally mm-hmm. uh, la 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 um, <laughs> but. Sometimes the pop element will fade away and I'll just listen to the characteristics of your voice. Yeah. It reminds me a lot of sort of, and I'm blanking here. Uh, they used to be known as Anthony from Anthony and Johnstone's Johnson's. Uh, but now they are known. They identify as a different name, but they released a bunch of albums as Anthony and the Johnsons. I remember. I know Anthony of the Johnsons. I know that name. Yeah. Um, and just that, that sort of re er, not uh, vibrato, vibrato. That sort of that sort of vibrato. That sort of um, you're saying things that are very intimate, and then you're making sure that people know that it's an intimate feeling by the vibrato almost in 2016 is something more raw than um, anything that pop music is doing these days because they sort of auto-tune everything. So nothing ever sounds a little times. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing ever sounds almost anything out of like sort of uh, a few cents out of, out of pitch. The production on a lot of your other stuff is so, or uh, the production on a lot of your stuff is so good how did you know that you wanted to encapsulate a little bit of rawness through the vibrato on your vocals? Um, first off, before I answer that sidetrack, just to say, even when you, I remember at a certain point during one of our emails, you referred to me as like as a producer. 
And having like come in, what I feel like is so late into like the production game, yeah. it's just it's just very it's still very new and humbling and like really cool to feel like I'm part of that club because I never like like I said I never came into this being like I'm going to be a producer, but. But you said earlier, one of the most important things that you can have is an ear. Mm-hmm. If you don't have that ear for uh, for good music, you know you can you can be the best at production. But if you don't have an ear for what's catchy or what 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 sounds good, it you can work. do you can do everything right, but it still won't sound like anything. Uh, and you know, even I think through the course of this interview, you you've been revealing yourself as. A perfectionist. Yes, I am. <laughs> that's one of the. That's literally the main reason why Fame and Fear is not out. Why you can't listen to it on my SoundCloud yet, even though you didn't get to see my iPhone. But you should see the number of private tracks I have that only I have been listening to for the last couple months, and other people actually, because I do. A lot of the times, I am very self conscious enough to know that, like, self aware enough to know that. I need to ask someone else for their opinion because I've I've biased myself to the point where I'm just like, this is terrible, but it's probably decent to great. But, um, (laughs) it's probably, yeah, I don't know. Decent to maybe great. I don't know. You know, like I said, there's again, one of the songs that you'll be hearing a stripped down version of Eden was something I wrote as per my voice, my voice notes I discovered in like 2014 or 15, that was on the the the, the mixtape, then off, then on, then off, then on, then off to the point where as of like a week ago, I had scrapped, not scrapped it, but I was like, I'm going to keep this in the back burner and like work on it for the next release. And then I listened to it again and I was just like, wait, I, the, the reason why I liked it, I was just like, this is one of, like, this is one of my favorite verses that I've ever written in my life. Like, it's so cool. Why didn't I, why did I, I'm not going to release this? I have to release it. Um, vibrato. <laughs> <laughs> vibrato. Yeah. I, the reason why. And we're going to circle back to what you just yeah. said. So, yeah. Again, yo, ADD. Fucks you up. Fucks you up. When I. Like I said, I've been vocally training since I was 11 years old. And I can vaguely enough remember like the first cuz when you're a singer, you're not all, you're not just like singing when you're when you're in your lesson or when you're performing. Like I'm constantly like when I'm at home walking around like singing. And I can remember enough the day that I was like at my mom's house singing something and like like I finally did vibrato naturally and then i was like oh shit i can do this now (laughs) like look at that i just gained a new skill and you know then it was just something that i think i incorporated naturally again i do have a very rich like i'm a like bare tenor you'd be surprised how many times i've heard like why aren't you making jazz music instead but (laughs) you'd be very surprised how many times i've heard that but one of the reasons why i kept it in was I also didn't really hear it until, like, I heard it, if that makes sense. Um, it was just, like, one time, I think I was listening to one of my songs, and I was like, man, I, I, I like, use a lot of vibrato. And I was like, should I? And, you know, depending on the song, it's something that, I, that now I'm conscious of, and I, I will purposely do less or more of. But at first it was in there because I was just not aware of it. But now I just keep it because... Again, it's like an extra layer. I want, I, I, I don't want to blend in. I want to be November. I want to sound like myself. And that's just an element to my voice. And again, it will turn people off. I'm very well aware that if, when, when I want to say when, positive thinking, I should, get to, <laughs> I should get to a point where like I'm being reviewed, it'll be something that I'm criticized for. And like I said, it'll be there'll be less and more of it depending on what I personally feel. It won't ever be something right now that I can see myself eliminating. And that's that's fine. It's 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 fine. Cause I don't want to be popped to the point where I I melodyne out my vibrato. Cause they do do that in pop yeah. music. It was something that I I read about 
a while ago and then I looked into it and a lot of the times they don't want because it has to be very I want to say like flat but I also want to say mono but not really mono but like mono in the, in the to the point that it is flat and it can be played over the radio and anyone can sing it and anyone can remember it and it can be easy they always have incredibly perfect pitch and so like they flatten out the vibrato completely so that when you hear harmonies on pop music, if you listen to it, it sounds like car horns because car horns are just sort of like they're unwavering what they're doing because you're just you're just supposed to use them as like a bleep. But like when you listen to like a Katy Perry or uh, like a more recent uh, sort of Taylor Swift song, you're going to hear these harmonies come in and they're just going to sound they sound too perfect because they're all sort of like bleep. Yeah, it all sounds like sort of like uh, sheep bleeping because it's just bah. And the thing is, too, uh, well, that's the thing, too, with pop is that not just pop, any genres of music, a lot of the times, too, those people won't even be able to... Vibrato is a thing that doesn't... It's not natural. I want to say I may be wrong. You know, please don't in the future or now drag me for this on social media because you know the the tumblr kids they'll bring bring this up at some point but like um like i said i i didn't when i first started singing i couldn't do that i couldn't do vibrato but it's something that came later and i feel like a lot of times with with pop musicians or people that make pop music they're just not able to do it or they'll try to do this thing they'll try to do this thing and i can't say this because you know i musical theater but there's this thing sometimes people will do to substitute a vibrato where they'll wiggle their jaw it's like instead of like because it comes from the throat really but instead of doing that because they can't do it or it's just something they haven't their muscles haven't learned to do or whatever the fuck they'll do this thing where um can can you just do it yeah i'm gonna try and simulate it yeah i'm gonna try and simulate like natural vibrato and then um what am i about to sing uh, like natural vibrato is like fear fear won't hold me back whereas like forced vibrato would be like fear fear won't hold me back right like I see what you're doing there for sure it's just it's, enunciating the air a little different. Yeah, it's like it's more. You can't see what I'm doing with my mouth, with my my hands right here. But people who sing, you'll know. It's more in the jaw and more in the tongue than it's supposed to be back in the throat. And you don't get any of that low end on it. You know, like it doesn't sound like it's coming from the chest. Yeah, and, and that's that's the thing too that comes with a lot of the time when you learn when you learn. Well, actually, I can't say with everyone, but like I said, I came up through musical theater. I'm sorry if that's exhausting. I've said that like a million times. So like my placement was always taught to be different. So I just know not to sing from the throat. And I feel like naturally as a person, people tend to sing from their throats because that's where you assume your sound comes from. So that's why the vibrato will be pushed out here because it's like, well, my throat's doing all the singing. I can't vibrate there. I have to do it with my jaw. And then it does that weird natural shit I just did that's just <laughs> not it's just it's just it's not aesthetic don't fuck with that <laughs> learn to sing guys it's, it's really fun it's really it's easier than you think it might be you're doing things like, like you're, you're 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 making pomp that isn't sort of conforming to like you're doing verse course verse course verse course I think uh, the or, structure but the sound itself is yeah yeah and so how much when you start writing a song, do you control sort of that, the sound of it? Like, do you make sure that this sound, no matter how the verse, chorus, verse, chorus goes? I, I guess the 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 germ of this question is, how do you start writing a song? Because all your stuff is, you know, it's icy, it's gunmetal. It's going to draw a lot of comparisons from other people for a lot of different reasons. What, how do you start writing? Because it's, it's great. Um, thank you so much for that, by the way. That, that yeah. Again, yeah. It, it's very... I'm still at the point where, like, getting critiqued or, like, commented on my music is still like, oh, cool. 
Thank you. I it never starts the same. Not to say there's a million different ways, but there's always like for me, writing comes about in these in like the instances that I write a song is always like this. Either I will be doing something someday and we'll come up with a title first and I'll be like, oh, this is a cool title and I'll write it down. I have a voice note literally called song title, a voice thing on my iPhone called like song titles. And then, you know, occasionally I'll scroll through it and then eventually be like, oh, let me like keep that in mind. And then at a certain point, something will come through. Sometimes I'll just be doing God knows what or walking around doing whatever, cleaning, getting high. And a melody will come through or like a certain lyric line and I can go from there and just build it. Because most, I don't, I'm not one of those people, I don't like coming back two songs after I've, after I don't like I can't just a personal preference of mine is not doing like the verse and then a week later two weeks later a month later doing the chorus and then coming back for the bridge like I could I bang that shit out in like 20 30 40 minutes and then after that later on I can come back and make slight adjustments but I don't like changing shit after it's done so do you do lyrics out like you you make sure you've got the melody it comes at the same time. Actually, All of it. Melody, melody, and the lyrics come at the same. I'm not one of those right. I've never been one of those writers that just gets lyrics and then eventually puts a melody to it. I hear it all at the same time, and something I'm very thankful for. So you just have it all. You've got bass, uh, harmonies, melody, uh, drum lines. Um, most of it. A lot of the times, like I'll hear a, most of it. And then when I go and produce it, there's always, I always say, there's always, from, like, paper to logic, Apple, from paper to logic, there's always some things that change. Even there are songs I have out now that, like, I, like I can show you the voice notes. Like, they sound different when I originally wrote them. But then something happened or, like, you know, there's always something that changes. But most of the time, like, when, after it's written, like, it's already constructed. I already know what I want to do with it. And the, like I've I've yet, since I started writing songs, to just write lyrics. There's always a melody attached to it. Always. Adam, do you have any more questions? No. All right. We've got one that we ask everybody. Mm. <sighs> I really want you to look into yourself when you when you think about how much how much you could change other people's lives by saying this how much you might only change your own life when you sort of accept one of these two people into your heart um musically I know what, this is. <laughs> when you look for inspiration okay and i mean you gotta imagine inspiration like we are on a planet that has two sons mm-hmm. and both of those sons provide inspiration to you. Uh, and one is the, the sun, the star, the gleaming light that is called uh, Peter Gabriel. And the other one is the star, the gleaming light called Phil Collins. And you have to decide which, which one you, that you really draw more inspiration from. Uh, and, and just, <laughs> which one of those two would you say um maybe not that you draw more inspiration from unless you do draw a lot of inspiration from but which one do you think is the is 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 the better artist um every time i hear peter gabriel's name i think of i forget which vampire weekend song it is peter gabriel they have one song that goes like Feels so unnatural, Peter Gabriel too. Yeah. Cape Cod, Quasa Quasa. That's what. That's which one it is. Um, I'm about to sound really millennial. Phil Collins is the one that did the, the Tarzan soundtrack. Indeed. He is the one that did. I can feel it in the air. Yes. Then Phil Collins. 
<laughs> because and the interview's over. <laughs> Phil Collins takes the lead four to two. Phil Collins forever. Why not? I feel he has he. I I just personally have resonated with his stuff better. Um, I feel it coming in the air tonight is the song of one of my friends and her fiance boyfriend. You all guys have been together forever. Rachel, I love you. And yeah, Phil Collins. Hi. Let me write you a song, Phil Collins. Book this bitch. Book hashtag. <laughs> book this bitch. She wants to eat. He wants to pay rent. Can is there like final words? That was yours. <laughs> Kids grab 
bodies will change Love for sex solution Fuck all your pain I surrender